my Comfy Cozy Witchy friends, and welcome to episode number 36 of the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast with me, Jenny Blonde, the Comfy Cozy Witch. And again, thank you so much for being here and listening to this episode today. I realize it has been a little while since I recorded. Actually, I think it's been a month um, because there's just been so much going on. And typically, I do take a break during the summer months because summer just happens to be the busiest time of the year with my son home from school. But I wanted to record this episode today because after a few people had emailed me to ask if I was going to do an episode on summer solstice, I realized last year I never did an episode on midsummer, summer solstice, litha, whatever you may call it, because just the summer months I get busy and I take a break from the podcast. So this episode today is going to be all about that. But before, of course, we talk about summer solstice, I want to chat with you a little bit about what is currently making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. And a quick shout out to a few of you out there, um, to my Mugwort Patreon subscribers. I just want to shout you out because your support is just so amazing and I appreciate you more than you even know. So a big shout out to Alex, to Alyssa, Anna, Carrie Ann, um, Safira, to Devin, Elizabeth, Emma, Felice, to Heather, Hope, to Jade and Jenna and Jessica and Joanne. Thank you, Judy and Katie and Katya and Courtney, Lilani, Lichen, Lindsay, and Lydia. Thank you, Marissa and Megan, Mirandia, Rachel, Rissa, and Sarah Conrad, Sarah the Science Dork, which I love saying that every month. <laughs> Thank you to Stephanie and to Stevie and to um, all of the other subscribers. So thank you so much, especially to you mugwort level subscribers. Your Your support just means more than you know. So thank you. So I promise I'll share that with you in just a second. But before I do, I just want to remind you that the Patreon is now up and running for the Comfy Cozy Witch podcast and for just my platforms in general. And if you want to get, you know, more information about the Sabbaths and witchcraft in general, or you just want a way to connect with me a little bit more, Patreon is available at patreon.com slash comfy cozy witch. I just wanted to do that quick plug before I move on. Okay, so if you have been following me on my Instagram, you know that this past week I was away. I was out of town at the beach. And so what currently is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy is water magic, the ocean, um, getting away, finding shells. I mean, everything that comes with taking a trip to the beach and all of the innate magic within water. Um, so that's what I want to talk about just a little bit before I go into the Sabbath celebration portion. And you might hear, I'm going to tell you up front, you might hear Reese in the background and my other dog and my son, because they're all home right now. Reese is just watching my other dog through the window, the door, the windows in the door in my office. 
And my son, you can hear his footsteps once in a while as he runs back and forth from his playroom to the living room. I'm not really sure what he's doing, (laughs) but he might even interrupt the podcast. But you know how it is. That's how it is on this particular podcast. But we just got back from a trip to the Outer Banks. I had never been there before. Last year, my dad decided that he wanted us all to go on a family vacation. So it was my dad and um, my brother and his children and his wife, and then my son and my husband, and then my dad's wife and her two children and, and their spouses and her grandchildren. So it was bringing, you know, everybody in the family together to just enjoy some time together. And it really, it was much needed. As much as I want to say it was relaxing, it it really wasn't at all. Because when you have 17 people in a house and a lot of loud children, it's not relaxing. Not to mention the house next door to us, it was a monstrosity. It had 24 bedrooms. So there were like 50 people staying at the house next to us. And they would stay up until two in the morning, like blaring music, the bass pumping. They were playing this game called Rock, Paper, Scissors, Tortilla Slap, where they were hitting each other with tortillas. I don't know. It just, that's not my kind of um, beach trip. But anyway, my husband and I, our bedroom was in the back of the house, which was, which faced the ocean, which was awesome. And we were on the second level. So we couldn't see the ocean over the dunes, but it still was just really pretty. But because we were the only bedroom on that side of the house, we were the ones right next to the loud music and the parties that were going on nonstop. So needless to say, I didn't get a ton of sleep. I was up a lot and I'm one of those people, I don't know about you, but I like quiet and dark when I sleep. And then I have my white noise machine going on too, but that did not make a difference. Um, And the people left, it was Friday night. So we had two nights of pretty decent sleep, but that didn't happen until the end of our trip. Um, So it was not a very restful (laughs) trip. However, it was relaxing in that we were spending time on the beach and there was a pool at the house that we stayed in and we enjoyed some really good Southern food. I ate so much seafood. It just made me so happy. But anyway, while I was there, of course I travel with my decks of cards. And so I was able to pull cards every morning with my coffee and just sit at the end of the boardwalk that connected to our house and just watch the waves, look at the ocean. I did a fair amount of journaling in the mornings where I could just kind of connect with the water and connect with the ocean. And I've talked about before, you know, I think there's innately a lot of um, water magic that we use in our practices. But when I think of the elements, I feel like I don't work with the water element as much as other elements. Um, But I really, I'm going to dive into that even more. And and this just trip this trip made me realize i want to do more work with the ocean and sea magic so i you know collected shells and my one nephew he was so great about collecting shells for me there was a particular type of flat shell that i really liked and i envisioned you know picking up um a full rune amount to make my own shell um alder futhark rune set And so I showed my nephew 
you know, the size and shape of the shell roughly. And he went around for like 45 minutes and found me a whole bunch of these flat shells that I was able to try out and that I plan to make a rune set from our trip that I'm really excited to do a little bit of divination work with. Um, and like I said, you know, pulling the cards and, and find, pull, just finding the shells. I found so many shells in general that I want to incorporate into my practice this summer. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking for interesting ways to do that. So if you have ideas, feel free to email me. I already have a couple of ideas, but you can email me at comfycozywitch at gmail.com to give me some of your ideas. Um, working with a little more ocean magic and shell magic. I'd really love to hear what you've done in that arena because it's not something I've worked with a lot. So again, I would love to hear from you. But it was just so, it's so magical. The ocean is so vast and beautiful. And as as the kids were playing in the water one day, my son decided, and all of my, my nephews and nieces, they're all around the same age, which is nice. So there are five of them, 10 and under. And my son, since he was little, always pretends that he controls the waves, that he controls the water. Anytime we go to the ocean, anytime we go to the beach, he will like put his hands out and control the water and tell it to stop and tell it when to crash and until when the waves to form. And so he, he was showing my nephews and niece, how they can do this as well. So at one point, I got a video of all four of them standing out there, like pushing their hands out and and twirling their hands around each, you know, their hands together and around each other and pushing the water out, like pushing the shore out and then like keeping them from crashing. And my sister-in-law had said to my son, said, hey, like, how, oh, how are you doing that? You know, just like, oh, yeah, kind of um, uh, not egging him on, but like, oh, how are you doing that? Um, and and my son just looked at her very deadpan. He just said to her, well, I real, I think that everybody is connected to the ocean, but not everybody has that power unlocked. And of course, I grabbed my pen and my notebook right away and wrote it down when he said that. I mean, but how magical is that? He, my son, he is so magical. I just love him so much. But he said that we are all connected to the ocean, but not everybody has that power unlocked. And it made me realize, wow, isn't that so true about everyone and everything in this world when it comes to being connected to elements, connected to nature, connected to their innate magic? We all have that power within. We all, um, can be connected to all of these elements and can manipulate these elements if only we unlock that power within ourselves. And when he said that, that just resonated and it just made me smile, my little magical boy. Um, And then I watched them, you know, continue to, to push their hands out and try to manipulate the ocean. But it was just so beautiful and just such a magical moment on this trip. And I think that was one of the highlights for me was hearing my son say that and just watching him do that. And immediately, you know, I put down whatever I was doing, put down my book and just watched him and my nieces and nephew or yeah, my nephews and niece continue to just do that with the water. And that was a solid hour, hour and a half that they were doing this. And when I asked my son what some of his favorite parts of our whole entire trip was, like, I mean, the entire trip, it was seven days and we did a lot. We did a water park. Um, there was, oh gosh, golfing and the pool and the ocean. 
he said one of his favorite things was controlling the water. And oh, that just, uh, that makes me smile right now, just thinking about it and makes me feel so comfy and cozy um, and just how awesome it was to spend that time with my son and to spend the time with my family in general. But we really had a great trip. Like I said before, good food. I ate some really good shrimp and, and um, sea, she crab soup and hush puppies. I never get hush puppies up north. They were the really good real hush puppies that you can only get when you're on the shore in the south or in the south. Um, some good collard greens. I mean, oh, the food was just magnificent. But the week flew. It went by so fast. And now here I am home. Um, and I knew I'd be coming home to midsummer, to the summer solstice. So I guess this is a good transition to segue into that section. So again, that trip to the beach, the magic of the water, magic with my son, that is what currently is making me feel comfy, cozy, and witchy. All right, and for the main segment today... I'm going to talk about the Sabbath of Litha or Litha or even Letha. I've heard it pronounced many different ways, also known as Midsummer or the Summer Solstice. And I want to go over, like I did with the other Sabbaths and those episodes, some correspondences, information, some rituals that you can do, ideas to spend time with yourself or your family connecting to this particular Sabbath. So I want to start with just some cute little words from Bronwyn Forrest Torgerson, um, who says, let me pull this up here. I just had it and I don't know where it went. There it is. Midsummer has a unique mystique, an aura of mystery and otherworldliness. On summer solstice, the sun prepares to die. The fae are all about. Magic grows underfoot. Love is in the air. The energy is thick and seductive, as sweet as honeysuckle on the vine. And I just think that is so... Pretty. So let's talk a little bit about Litha and um, what it is. Litha, so it's also referred to as Midsummer or Summer Solstice. You know, it's here. It's arrived. Today is the 20th. It's here. We celebrated the 20th, 21st. I believe the exact point of Summer Solstice is tomorrow morning around 5.40. It's either 5.14 or 5.40. I was reading. I can't remember. In the morning. So that is the the highest point of the year, the perfect, um, and I had to stop just for a second because a spam caller was calling me. And every time somebody calls me, it interrupts my recording of the podcast. So you may have heard me say, oh no, and then I disappeared, but I'm back. So it's also referred to as summer, midsummer or summer solstice. And with it comes, as we know, the longest day of the year. The shortest day of the year being at the winter solstice, the longest being now at the summer solstice. And the sun shines in the sky at its highest point during this time of year. And it marks the turning point when we tip into um, the darker half of the wheel. So the focus of this festival is on the sun and abundance and growth, everything at its peak, and celebration. This is a really big celebration, and I really do love Midsummer because it does celebrate this time where everything is vibrant, 
everything is growing. It's in full bloom. You know, I walk out to my garden, my flowers are in bloom, my um, herbs are growing and I can now use them, harvest them and use them in my cooking. Vegetables are reaching their full peak for good summer salads. So this, this is a really exciting time of the year for me and where I am in Pennsylvania. But colors abound, the landscape is green and lush and it's full of bright hues. Our gardens are thriving, butterflies, bees are flittering around, the birds we find in our bird baths and they're enjoying, you know, the cool, the cool water and the bird baths and the food and the feeders, which I'm finding I have to refill my bird feeders two to three times a week <laughs> this time of the year. Um, and in the evenings, we start to see those fireflies. There's so much magic in nature around us at this time. So it's about light and the sun and excitement and celebration at its very peak. So this Sabbath has been, and this time of year, I should say, not necessarily Sabbath, but this this particular time of the year has been celebrated all over the world for centuries and centuries and centuries, thousands of years. So ancient peoples all over the world, they partook in midsummer celebrations. So you had the ancient Romans who celebrated the goddess of hearth and home at this time, Vesta, in her festival, Vestalia. So this is the time where they really celebrated her. Ancient Egyptians, even, they watched together as the star Sirius rose in the sky. So they gathered together and watched this happen together. Um, Scandinavians were, were said to have rolled um, giant wheels that were on fire down hills and into water during this time. And people from all over the world worship and honor the sun and have worshiped the sun at its peak power, asking the sun and the sun god for guidance, for inspiration, for enlightenment, for abundance. And today, people spend the days surrounding midsummer at stone formations and at large sundials that are set up to honor the sun, to honor um, deity, and to honor the sun's ever-changing light. So this has been celebrated forever, all over. There's a celebration going on this weekend near me that I'm hoping to attend. If I can, we have a birthday party, but I'm hoping to get to the celebration as well. And the summer solstice also marks the end of that lighter half of the year, as I said before. And the ruler of that lighter half, who is the Oak King, and instead now welcomes in the Holly King. And in early Celtic times, midsummer was when the sacred king was sacrificed and his blood and bones given back to the land to be then reborn months later. So when we think of um, Litha and Beltane, you know, we were thinking, we're sharing many customs. There are many customs that we have seen at Bealtaine or Beltane that we see now at midsummer as well. So you'll see the flower crowns because everything is in full bloom. Like I said, you see the flower crowns. Um, we still see the dancing around the maypole, the celebrating and honoring of our land spirits and of our fair folk. So, you know, when I think of Bealtaine and Beltane, you know, Beltane, I always honor my land spirits. I give offerings to my land spirits um, all around my property. But 
this particular Sabbath Litha is when I really honor the fair folk and I start working with them more. And I've talked about that a little bit before. But again, this, you know, many of the same customs, flower crowns, the maypole, land spirits, fair folk, participating in fertility rituals. However, while Beltane celebrates the beginning of summer and new beginnings of growth and fertility, there is this certain amount of closure with Litha when the growing cycle is almost complete. I mean, especially as we move forward into summer and Lunasa, you know, we're going to see that growth cycle becoming complete and ushering in the first harvest at Lunasa. So, you know, I love that there are those shared customs and I love that there's that duality with Beltane and Litha. Beltane, although it's similar, you're celebrating the beginning, beginning of growth and Litha, there is a certain closure to it. So you want to have a big celebration because don't we want to celebrate whenever things come to a close? So again, Litha celebrating the agriculture, the changing of the seasons, endings even, fertility and life, light of the sun, uh, manifestation and abundance and power and strength and success, all of those things that are found when we think of the sun at its peak power. And this is a great time of the year to do magical workings that harness the power of that sun, of inspiration and creation and keeping that creativity going, of passion and of just celebrating life in general. So I hope that gives you a nice bit of background um, to Midsummer. And let's talk about some correspondences that go along with it. So some colors associated with this time, with this particular Sabbath are red, green, the golds, oranges. You know, we think of bright sun, we think of green because the earth is in bloom. Animals associated with this are bees, um, cattle, butterfly, the horse, goldfinch, um, wren, owl, and crab. Some flowers we have are the elderflower and um, some scents are lavender and honeysuckle. Honeysuckle is really big for the Sabbath. Um, and I include in actually in the Sabbath guide through the Fit Witch Challenge, through my Fit Witch Challenge, I have a Litha Sabbath guide and there's a honeysuckle honey recipe that I have in there and some sangria recipe as well. <laughs> now that I think about sangria, oh, that would sound really good about now, even though it's like nine o'clock in the morning. <laughs> um, some crystals associated with this are diamond, jade, emerald, viety, uh, deities, of course, <laughs> viety's because I was thinking of Vesta. We have Vesta, um, Phoebe, the Dagda, Green Man, Helios, of course, Loki, Thor, Zeus, Apollo. There are a lot of deities that are that are worshipped during this particular Sabbath. Some altar depictions would be, of course, the colors of red, gold, green candles, a lantern to represent the sun or, or other representations of the sun, even a picture of the sun. Phoenix depictions, you know, rising from the ashes and fire and the fae. Some herbs associated are lavender, St. John's wort, and St. John's wort is associated with June in general. Um, chamomile, and heather, vervain, and then food would be honey, a lot of honey, honey wine, which would be mead, um, berries, and peaches. So let's talk a little bit about some symbols associated. And I've mentioned some of these before, and I'll just go into a little more detail. So one symbol associated with Litha 
and Midsummer would be fairies. And as I said before, this is the perfect time for Faye to make an appearance. Um, as day and night stand poised in perfect balance to one another, the doors between the worlds swing open wide and fair folk might just pay you a call. And I love um, Bronwyn also, Bronwyn Torgerson has also, you know, given a quote like that, which I really, I've written down many times and I really like the world swing, you know, the doors swing wide open to the worlds and fair folk just might pay us a call. And that is so true at this time of year. So some other symbols would be, you know, deities that you would work with, as I said, and, and God and goddess. So Litha celebrates the peak of power as the god and goddess dance together in this union where new life has been formed. And this reminds us of the opportunities of growth and expansion and abundance all around us. And as I said before, in other traditions, this is, or in some traditions, this is when the god in the form of the oak king gives way to the holly king as the slow descent into darkness begins. Um, Another symbol, of course, is the honey and mead Bees are in full honey-making mode during this time of year. And with that honey, mead is made and our ancestors, you know, partook in drinking mead in celebration. And ancient peoples, you know, they sat around sipping on the sweet honey wine, toasting to the sun and um, its light, giving the warmth and energy to their crops. And, you know, mead is just simply delicious. It is, it is very good. <laughs> Some other symbols would be bonfires. So centuries ago, and of course into the present, because I have a bonfire pretty much at every Sabbath, people stayed up on Midsummer Eve and they gathered around bonfires to watch the sun rise. And I think that's just such a beautiful tradition. And, you know, I think of Stonehenge and watching the sun rise over Stonehenge. One day I would love to do that. I would love to do that. But the bonfire represents the sun in its full height and peak. And people would raise energy by dancing and singing around this fire. And then they would take the coals and the ash from the fire and scatter them on their fields to usher in large harvests. And that's even something you could think about doing, you know, having a bonfire tonight or tomorrow or in the coming days and taking the ash and scattering some of that on your your plants and in your garden to facilitate growth and usher in a larger harvest. Other symbols, of course, are sunflowers, garden herbs, mistletoe, oak, the green man, um, because we still have the earth being so fertile. Fertile. So customary foods for summer solstice include anything that is fresh, that is plucked from the earth and from Mother Earth's generous bounty. So anything that you, you can find in your garden that can be plucked fresh or in, you know, a local garden in general. It, this is a really good festival to host a little gathering, a picnic, because it's nice outside. Generally, it's it's really hot or warm, depending on where you are, really. In Pennsylvania, it's still pretty nice. In fact, I went for, I went for a walk this morning, and it was only like 50 degrees, 50, 55 degrees, and it felt so nice, especially compared to the sweltering heat that we had in the beach our entire trip. But you know, a picnic. This is a great festival to host some sort of picnic, complete it with some honey wine or honey butter, Um, have a fresh fruit tray, large leafy salads. 
this celebration lends itself well to a vegetarian feast. And if you want to add meat, that is up to you. That's awesome because I love, you know, chicken on my salads. But this is a really good Sabbath to lend itself to a vegetarian meal and things that are plucked freshly from the earth. So I'm going to do a large salad this year, a big salad. I'm going to make some homemade bread and um, we'll do some sangria or some sort of honey wine, which, oh, that just sounds really good right now. So some things that you can do with, with your family or even by yourself um, to celebrate the Sabbath and some things that you can create. First, you can create a sundial. So the sun and its dance with the earth are the original clock. When you think back, that that's how our ancestors knew what time it was by the shadows that were created by the sun. And what a fun way to celebrate the sun by creating a sundial in your backyard. And, you know, you can set it up, obviously, on a sunny day. You want to make sure you find the four cardinal directions. And there are lots of directions you can find online for creating um, your own sundial at home. Get some stones to mark, you know, the 12, the 12 hours. And that would just be something fun for you to do by yourself or if you have children, a nice activity for the family. Another great thing is to create a fairy garden. So if you didn't create a fairy garden during Bealtaine season, this is a good time to do it as well because this time is also dedicated to working with the Fae and that the the doors are open to work with them at this time. Just, you know, be cautious before doing so. And I did a whole episode on working with the Fae if you want to go back last year, I think last, maybe last year at this time or last year in April, I think um, you might want to listen to that. But create a garden dedicated to fairies in your yard under a tree, a bush, if you're in a smaller space or in an urban area, maybe a windowsill, um, but create a little space to honor the Fae, not necessarily to invite them in, just if they're passing by, that they can swing by and see that you've honored them. Maybe you want to leave an offering of milk or honey for fairies that pass by. And if you just heard that jingling in the background, my son just opened um, my office door and perfect timing. My fay bells are hanging from the door right now. And that's what jingled. Those are my fairy bells jingling as I'm talking about the fay, which is perfect. And I just looked at my son and gave him a thumbs up because it was like perfect. Come on in. Okay. See here. You're going to hear him. What's up? Um, yes. You're welcome. So he wanted to to do something with this game. Okay. Sorry about that. Another fun activity um, would be creating a solstice herb pouch. This is a great time to harvest herbs and you can use them to make a solstice dream pouch. So you, you take a cotton material fabric or a pouch, fill it with some dried lavender, some mugwort, which is good for dreams, um, and rosemary. Maybe you want to add some citrine or carnelian crystal chips to boost, you know, get a boost of that sun's energy and put them all in your little sachet and you can put it under your pillow or next to your bed or somewhere in your bedroom to promote, you know, um, happy celebratory dreams during this time of year. Another fun activity and this it isn't necessarily magical, but I really do think anything that we do with, with children or with our family is innately magical, but make some ice cream. 
So this is the perfect time to do that. It's hot. The sun is at its peak. Place one cup heavy cream and two tablespoons sugar and just a teaspoon of vanilla extract in a mason jar and you can shake it. Shake it for five to seven minutes until it's formed, you know, a thicker consistency and serve with some berries and maybe top it with some mint and enjoy it together. I think that would be, you know, a really fun activity to do with your children. And then you can also make honey, honey butter, honey wine. I mean, there are so many things that you can do. Other ways to celebrate would be, and to, and to tap into the energy of this particular Sabbath, is to decorate. So decorate your home, decorate just a space, um, a windowsill, bring in some lithic correspondences, some fresh flowers, bring in some oranges and reds and greens, light some gold candles, bring in some twinkle lights representing the sun. You could also bake. This is, again, a great time to make a picture of some sangria that fresh green salad with some fruit. Maybe you want to make some sort of fruit tart or a fruit crumble. Spend time in nature. Uh, you want to soak up the sun as much as possible if you want to honor this particular Sabbath. So get outside. Try to spend an hour outside. Put some sunscreen on if you're going to be, you know, in the peak hours of the sun. But just soak up that that peak energy. Close your eyes Think of the sun's energy, feel its rays, feel the warmth, the energy, the power just covering your skin. Imagine that power entering your body, filling you up with light and power and courage and inspiration to accomplish things that you desire. Um, just bask in that sunlight. Sometimes we aren't still and mindful of doing things like that. Like we're always doing, 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 going, going, going. Just be, be in the sun and bask in that. Um some other things that you can do, well, obviously, is to do some altar work. <laughs> so set aside 20, minute, 20, 30 minutes a day, you know, to focus um, on your altar for the Sabbath. Take off items that you haven't been using and bring in correspondences to Litha. You want to make sure you, you know, clean the space. If you want to sweep it with your besom, then decorate it with those Litha correspondences. That would be great. Something else to think about is do some work with the Oum. Um, so the Oum is the Celtic tree alphabet, the ancient form of writing that was used from the 4th century or even earlier than that. And do some research on that. There are great podcasts. You can look it up online. There are some really great books like The Healing Power of Trees, which I have and I'm looking at right now, and a couple other books on the sacred um, tree oem, and just research, research that. And then of course, ritual work. Um, if there is a summer solstice ritual that you have been wanting to try, a ritual that can bring in and call in abundance and inspiration and your own innate power, then that would be a really great thing for you to do. So I want to end this segment with a little sun blessing for you all. And this was written by Patty Wigington. And she, I mean, she's amazing. I love all of her blessings. She does a really nice job with these. And she says, the sun is high above us, shining down upon the land and sea, making things grow and bloom. Great and powerful sun, we honor you this day and thank you for your gifts. Ra Helios, 
Um, Swargrog, you are known by many names. You are the light over the crops, the heat that warms the earth, the hope that springs eternal, the bringer of life. We welcome you and we honor you this day, celebrating your light as we begin our journey once more into the darkness. And I think that's just a really nice blessing and a really nice way to end this segment. So I hope that you got a little bit out of it, that it's helped you either learn more or refresh your memory about summer solstice and to give you some ideas of ways that you can celebrate and honor this Sabbath that is happening right now as I'm recording this right now. Wonderful. So now let's go into the card of the episode. So today I'm going to be pulling from Coastal Curiosities Oracle deck. It's not, I think when the Kickstarter started a few years ago, it was pretty well known. I don't see it out there as much anymore. I'm not really sure where you can find this because it's it's an independent deck. It's, oh my gosh, the imagery is so beautiful. Um, and it's created by Lennox Reese. And they've really created just a gorgeous, gorgeous deck. I've been posting here and there. Um, I pulled it out and have been posting recently cards from this deck. And many of you have asked me what this is, where you can find it. As I said before, it's not, I don't think, available on the Kickstarter anymore. Um, but maybe you can find some indie metaphysical, you know, witchy shops that have that were able to, you know, acquire some of the decks. You can find them there. But it's just a really lovely deck. I love the artwork and the imagery. But anyway, let's go into the pool. Let's go see what we can find. And, you know, as I pull this, let's get some good guidance for the rest of summer because after this episode, I'm taking a break until probably August. So let's see what the message is going to be. All right. So the card is Scout to Scout or you know, navigate to search. So the imagery is the a ship's wheel. So the wheel, you know, navigate the navigation wheel. Underneath of it, you have an herb. There are a couple drops of rain and some shells, some seashells, which, oh, I love it. In the very top, oh, of course, the very top center of the card is a sun. What a perfect pool for midsummer and for this episode before I take a little hiatus. So Scout, here's what the book says. Illuminate, maneuver, treasure. What great keywords for this Sabbath and for the rest of the summer season. Illuminate, maneuver, treasure. Spinning directions without a North Star won't sustain your source of navigation. While the light offers guidance, where is the lookout keeping eyes on where mind and energy are flowing? Staying on course lends a shaky hand when all open waters are ahead without a captain. Ooh, so you are the captain, you know, gaining control of your situation. You're the captain. Funnel overflowing feelings through and glance down at your map. Chart your own waters, decide your journey, and ride the rhythm of the sea. Hope pours in when you hold tight and stand firm and energy takes form and pilots you through to the next port. 
I love all the sea references, the ship references, but, and I love what this is saying, chart your own waters. Like don't sit around and wait for the ocean to do the work for you. Don't wait for others to do the work for you or outside forces because you can chart your own waters. You decide your own journey. You can ride the rhythm of the sea, okay, that natural rhythm of the sea, but you make those calls. The power is in your hands. I think that's a really great message for the solstice and for us venturing, you know, through the rest of summer. And I love this. The last, I just have to read the last line again. Hope pours in when you hold tight and stand firm and energy takes form and pilots you through to the next port. Oh, what a lovely, lovely message. I really like that one. So before I close, I just again want to say thank you for listening. I do want to do a couple of shout outs for people who have left comments recently um, about the podcast or on, I guess you leave comments on the the Apple podcast platform. I'm not sure. I haven't been able to access comments elsewhere, so I really need to find them. Okay, so here we go. Uh, thank you to Kenzie0104. When you were trying to learn about witchcraft, you were overwhelmed, but you really enjoyed the podcast. It's really digestible. So Kenzie Lane, thank you so much for your kind words. Um, Mrs. McGonagall's sister. I love this. Um, you said, Miss Marple observed that coincidences don't naturally come in series. A series of coincidences um, have brought you, you know, to the podcast. And I think that that's great. And I'm really glad for your message. Like you, re- that's a really beautiful post that you left. So thank you for your kind words. The art of becoming. Um, you, oh my gosh, wait, I'm reading your message right now. Oh my gosh, this is somebody that I met in person. She's grateful she got to meet me when she was working at the tea shop. I remember right where this was. I met this lovely, lovely woman, young woman at a tea shop when I was buying some lavender about a month and a half ago. And you have listened to my podcast. So thank you. This really makes my day. I appreciate that so very much. Ah, that's wonderful. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh, that's that makes me that makes my day. That makes me smile so much. Um, B Purpura, this has become a daily weekly practice for you listening to this. I'm so glad that you're enjoying the podcast and um that you are enjoying this. There was one episode you weren't a huge fan of, but the rest made up for it. I Thank you for saying that. I know not every episode or topic is going to float everybody's boat. So I really do appreciate you being honest about that. LD Benton, thank you for your kind words. You find it delightful and positive. I try to be even whenever I'm not in the best mood, but I do try to record when I am in in a good mood, obviously, um, because I want to be uplifting. And then Mary, you've been going through your spiritual journey and you found the podcast and it's just really helped you. Um, so thank you, Mary and Kit Kat Hunter. Thank you so much for your kind words as well. And Peter814, I may have mentioned you in another one. I can't remember, but thank you for your kind words. And Stella May, thank you for yours as well. So all of these are just lovely, lovely things. And I want to give 
Just a quick special shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Thank you so, so much for your support and for subscribing to the Patreon. Your support means even more than you know, and I do so appreciate it. And if you do want to connect with me or you want to find ways to support me, you can always find me on patreon.com slash comfycozywitch to become a Patreon subscriber where you get some free, you know, witchy content from me in many different forms throughout the month. And you can also follow me on Instagram at comfycozywitch. I'm not posting as much as I was because it has been, it had been taking a lot out of me to post daily or, you know, multiple times a week. So I'm not posting until I am called to post, but feel free to follow me there on Instagram. You can find me at the Comfy Cozy Witches Facebook group, which is Comfy Cozy Witches. It's a private Facebook group. So if you're in or out of the broom closet, it's a safe space for everyone. And we have just added some fun weekly theme posts that I think that you would enjoy. But yes, those are ways that you can connect with and support me. So everyone, until the next episode, which won't be until August, I do thank you for joining me. And until then, stay comfy, cozy, and witchy.